Hey guys, it's The Great Debates. Ooh, everybody's here. Healy's here, silently, brooding, ready to debate. Davis, smiling, ready, excited. Guess what, guys? It's Big Tech Week. What? So it's like Tech Week for a play. Like we're running through a bigger debate that will happen next week. No, we're going to debate about big tech. And we're going to keep it simple with the tops. I know everybody's interested in these companies. There's a lot of talk about them right now. They're testifying in front of Congress. Has it gotten out of control? This is all going to be, we're going we're gonna to debate all of this. Today, I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm just going to tell you the format. It's very simple. I'm going to say the name of one of these companies, and we're going to debate them. Are they good? Are they bad? What's the angle? It's up to you. Whoever's taking the pro is going to set the terms of the debate, I think. Yes. Healy. Yep. Taking the pro. Company number one, four minutes on the clock, Google, go. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro on Google. Guys, calm down for a second. Breathe in. Let go of any the negative. The first thing you tell people to do is calm down. <laughs> yeah, let go of... <laughs> Nothing's happened. <laughs> because Google Sorry, is so ahead. much... It, it gets the blood boiling just thinking about it because of Googling something. It's so much incorporated into your life that it can be possible to have a, a initial sensory reaction to it. But I just want you to take a step back. Think of Google as a whole ecosystem. Think of what these guys set out to do. Sergey and Larry. First of all, Sergey and Larry, the founders of Google... You, look, maybe you know you know a little bit about them. You, who knows what you know? They're not the number one villains in tech, okay? Are they? You've never seen or heard of them hunting their own animals or doing some weird thing or like going on a 10-day meditation retreat and then coming back to lecture you about how distracted you are. They don't do that. They, they invented Google, which organizes all the information on the internet, brings it to you. Now look, they're making a ton of money from ads because they organize the whole internet. And so th- th- that's how it works. I'd argue it's working out pretty well for you. Google is a pretty friendly experience if you don't believe me, remember back to the days if you're old enough when you had to use like Lycos or Alta Vista search or something like the cleanness and clarity of the Google search was life changing. It was profound. The whole everything that's happened has really depended on the friendliness and ease of use of Google. That's why we have Gmail. That's why whatever. So whatever problems you may have with Google, remember how much worse it could have been. And instead, these basically benevolent geniuses created a fairly simple, easy to use by anybody system. Pro Google. Everything you need to know about Google is summed up in what used to be their motto, don't be evil. If I were working at Google and I showed up on the first day and they were like, okay, we're a search engine, everybody just remember, don't be evil. I'd be like, what? <laughs> what? Why do, you have to, why do you have to tell us that? It tells you everything you need to know about the founders of Google, about the actual purpose of Google, which is like, hey, secretly we're going to take everyone's information and use it against them and we're going to be evil. Don't be evil, everybody. We're a search engine. 
Why do you? I, don't I agree that Don't just, Be Evil was a marketing <laughs> miss, as I think they themselves no, have acknowledged. But Healy, this is what's interesting: is that it wasn't marketing; it was their corporate motto. It was part yeah. of their like code yeah. of conduct. It was what they told new employees. It wasn't like we're Google; we're not evil. It was Look, even at that time the company was gr- it was growing so fast, expanding so rapidly, consuming so much of the internet so quickly that the first thing you had to say to anybody getting involved is like. Basic core principle: Don't be evil. Okay, like that. It's good not, to put that message out. That, I agree. You, it's a little you say bit that like, like that's true, and it should everyone should accept it. But like, there's been hundreds, if not thousands, of like gigantic, fast-moving companies, and none of them have this core principle, which is like, don't don't use this very technology to, to harm people. Yeah, that's because most of the, most them. of those companies at Exxon Mobil or like the British West Indies company or something, the motto would have been "Be evil." We want you to, and and still at Raytheon or uh, you know uh, Royal Dutch Shell or something. The motto is oh, probably well. Maybe this suggests that like just the very nature of being a like enormous, fast-moving company means that you're going that like either you've found something which is inherently so like uh, like exploitative and and sort of um, not tapped into before because it's evil and like preys upon the worst instincts of 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 human beings and so it just becomes like an enormously successful uh, company because nobody would dare to go there before which is also a con for google but just to go to oh we're done wow that's all we get to talk about i mean guys we got a lot to get to move on but i agree we could have talked about this on a drive to sacramento you know and not gotten bored oh man i think it's it, the debates are so much more interesting when they have to be short. I'm going with Davis on this one because crazy. I felt he had a, I'm not even mad. I you just I just sometimes oh, okay, you great. hear a decision and you're like that's crazy. <laughs> no. Clear thesis. <laughs> and Healy, it took you a while to kind of oh yeah the search is pretty good. I couldn't get a grip on where you were going, but Davis <laughs> had a straight shot and fired his arrow and won. Okay, we're going to keep going here. Um, King taking yeah. the pro. Ready? Because we're going to do so many. We can't have Healy take the pro on every goddamn no, company out right, there. Big right, tech. Right. We're going straight to it here. Apple. Four minutes on the clock. Go. <laughs> I mean, Apple. <laughs> Apple. What is there to say about I'm Dave King and I'm taking the pro? What company has improved your life more than Apple? Like, since in your in your whole lifetime. Think about that. What company has allowed you, uh, like, innovations both big and small more than Apple? We all carry a camera around in our pocket at all times to capture every moment of our lives, if we so choose, because of Apple, because of the innovations that they made. We are all, like, the tablet. That was Apple. Other companies tried. The iPad became a magic device, and it changed the way we, like, basic productivity, like, do they have too much money? Yeah. Is their stuff a little too expensive? Yeah. Are you going to, like, is it, what's wrong with making a profit? They've also employed tens of thousands of people at the same time. Apple's improved our lives. That's all you need to know. Pro. Okay. I'm Steve Healy. I'm doing the pro. I'm not, or the uh, con on Apple. I'm not sure how much you should, you have to decide for yourself, I guess, how much you want to factor in the heart of the debater. 
But if you just press backwards, you know, 30 seconds on your uh, podcast and you listen to Dave's speech, he ha- there's obviously no heart. He's just going through the motions because think about it for one second. Apple is evil. You know they're evil. They they basically admit they're evil. Their logo is an apple with a bite taken out of it. What the devil gave to Eve, okay? Apple is a massive uh, firm designed to have Chinese slaves make a machinery that you you then carry around and is surveilled on you. They, yes, they coat it with sugar and make it easy for you to use. Maybe in the days of Steve Jobs, there was something cool and beautiful about Apple. But remember, even Steve Jobs spent half his career like fighting Apple and hating Apple because Apple itself is just pure darkness and badness. And it, it is a con. We're a con. Well, on he Apple. wasn't fighting them because they were dark and evil. He was fighting them because they weren't living up to their potential and they weren't innovative enough and they weren't like thinking big enough. Yeah, the, the thing enough. that he created had turned sour, uh, as he probably knew that it would, and he tried, he, I think he almost tried to kill it, basically. He had, at most, for much of Steve Jobs' life, the, one of the creators of Apple, he hated Apple. He would have said it was his worst enemy. Not for, the, I mean, and now you're just, like, misrepresenting history. This wasn't for most of his life. This was for the few years when he was running next, and it's an interesting chapter in the history of Steve Jobs. It's not particularly interesting in the history of Apple, which is, like, you know, done much more to change the world since then than it did before then. Before, I think we're getting caught up in, a, in like, an irrelevant or a mostly irrelevant part of, of what it is to be Apple. I know that Apple doesn't have a motto, which is don't be evil. They didn't have to tell their employees, like, hey, whatever you do, don't try to fuck people yes, over. they're a the perfect technology. example because the secret, obviously, the se- if you became a vice president of marketing for Indonesia at Apple, let's just hypothetical or, like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. even just a director of a distribution center in Ohio and you said hey if there's a choice and I have to decide whether to be evil or not should I be evil your supervisor would be like he wouldn't even answer you because it would be so obvious like of course you should be evil Apple is your religion now the people at the Apple store wear no, that's a cultish uniform you're saying- you're si- you're interested. You're saying the hypothetical here is Keter's Parabus. I can be evil or I can be good. We're going to make the same amount of money either way. No, they're really saying if, if there's a choice for Apple, evil is not a consideration. Apple is the only thing you think about now. Putting the Apple as many places as possible, as efficiently as possible, with no thought to anyone's sacrifice or working conditions. Or I don't think uh, that's the ethos of Apple. I think the ethos of oh, these are hard. These are hard. I'm going with heels. Yeah. On the exploitation stuff. I know. I Yeah. It's oh, not worth it. I was just it. about to get to that. It's the convenience isn't worth it, right? I mean, is anything worth it? It's just because <laughs> they're so big. It's like every company exploits labor on some level. They just happen to, what can you do? I don't know. It's totally, I mean, I'm holding, we're, the timer is on an iPhone here, so what yeah, am I right, doing about right. it? You know, there's a reason why they're big. I'm not saying they're they're all evil. Okay, I'm going to go back to Healy taking the pro. All right, Healy's taking the pro. What do we got? We got Amazon. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Four minutes on the clock. Here yeah. we go. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Look, 
again, it's a big company. There's going to be things you can criticize. But what has Amazon done? Ask, have you bought an Amazon package? Yes. Did it arrive on time? Yes. Did you get some baby formula? Yes. Did you get a rare book you're looking for? Yes. Did you get whatever it was you're trying to get? Were there a million reviews, a million suggestions? Yes. Yes. Was it easy to use the website? Yes. When you see the Amazon truck rolling down the street, are you happy? Yes. When you open the pock, is it not perfectly packaged? Bezos is a wild guy. You know, he, 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 you can't have created a company out of nothing, literally nothing to $2 trillion. His ambition isn't even to have a company is to go to space. Uh, so he's working on that, that Amazon has just trickled down from that. And it's one of the most easy to use consumer experiences in world history. Uh, are there consequences of business changing that dramatically? Yes. Would they have happened without Amazon? Yes. So, you know, it's like uh, the rain or something. Are, are we pro the rain? Of course. Is it sometimes the rain ruin a baseball game? Yeah. But the rain is part of the system and Amazon is part of the system. It's, you, we can't de-accentuate from it. We need it. It's part of our life. Pro Amazon. The system is broken, dude. The system. It's part of the system. That's your argument. I mean, look, let's not overthink this. There is no company that exemplifies the current, you know, class problems facing our society, particularly in America. Other than Amazon, no person should have $200 billion while the same people who work for him and make him that money are living on like below a or or a uh, below a living wage and working under conditions which are like simply untenable for the average american um it this is exactly what we were saying last time but in a much more profound uh sense which is that it is not worth the convenience to exploit the labor in such a dramatic way why do we need these things um or by the way like it's not like um Yes, all of these conveniences and being able to have things shipped to us directly and within a day or two, like that is essentially good, but you don't need Amazon, you don't need one giant company to be doing that anymore. These things could be regional, they could be based more on like what products people used in their area, they could be, uh, we could, you know, these could be. Um, more beneficial to the state and to the public. These are like basically a public resource is what we're talking about, which is like in a international giant warehouse and shipping company is basically all in, all they've become. There's no reason why that should be one company in the entire country. It doesn't work well or it works too well to the point was really what I should say is that like it works so well that one guy ends up with all the money and yeah. everyone who else who works for that company gets eats shit. All okay. Day and what long. does he spend the money on space exploration? Okay. Sorry. Not like, yet. you know, he's not indulging himself in twisted pleasures. What, he's building a rocketry talking, base in Texas to try and get people off planet earth. That's a really expensive. That's what he's going to spend the money on. Okay. Uh, would you rather he be the owner of a sports team and indulge himself all day? He's, he's on a project. That's no, so much bigger he, than Amazon. Now, Dave, Dave, the big Dave brought up labor, which is like the big criticism of Amazon. But for, look, first of all, most of these jobs are in the United States. They're not in China, like most Apple jobs. They're they're dignified work here in America. Could the working conditions be improved? Here, Absolutely, Healy, of Healy, course they could. You have, an, you, you have an American Healy. You're yeah. an American worker. Yeah. 
you get randomly assigned you are randomly assigned to work for Amazon or Apple, a company which you took the con on. Which company do well, you take? I would I would take Apple, Apple but only because only time. because the higher level jobs at Apple are the only ones in the United States. So I'd be like a designer or a vice president or something. Whereas at, at Amazon Great. I would be a warehouse guy, which I'd rather not be. But if your job is being a warehouse guy for the local respect uh, the auto buzzer, parts, Billy. respect the buzzer. Sorry, I didn't hear the buzzer. <laughs> Man, it's not quite long enough to get into the thorny no, issues at play I here. I like that. Leave them wanting more, you know. <laughs> I feel like the, 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 we're lear- something we're learning about from the debate is that these things are complicated and they take longer than four minutes to even begin to be arguing about. And uh-huh. these days, there's not a lot of time left for that. I thought we'd be able to sort out all the minutiae of these trillion-dollar companies in four <laughs> minutes going into this debate, and I don't know what happened. It's our fault. It's our fault. Uh, it, it feels like I can't really say that it's not worth the convenience at Apple if I don't say the same thing about Amazon. Um, but, Healy, I want to give you the nod for, like, trying to say he's got a bigger plan. <laughs> Yeah, space yeah. that was creative. I mean, that's such bullshit. Like, that's obviously <laughs> like never going to happen, and just a vanity project for him. What a crazy thing! Also, to start up being like, you want a rare book, and you get it from Amazon. It's like the most genteel, upper class version of how Amazon <laughs> is used. Well, I'm country. arguing from my own. When I think of Amazon, like you know, it. it I do have to restrain myself from arguments about Amazon because they do provide to a specific customer, somebody who needs or really wants to get a particular book that might be in one used bookstore in Illinois. You can get that. But you know what's interesting? So there you go. That's what's interesting, Healy, is that like this is now I'm I'm outside of the debate because I find this more interesting than like pro or con or good or evil. But it's like why – like – Amazon is basically just behaving as a middleman in that case. Like they're not, sure. they don't have the rare book. This bookstore in Illinois does or whatever state okay. you said. So like why, well, I'm not asking you to be defensive of them. I'm just like, like, couldn't there be another service, which is just like rarebooks.com. Yeah. Go for it. Maybe, maybe we just found out a yeah. company. I mean, the a- <laughs> ABE books in the UK. Well, we're is competing, that, and they're, they're also competing with Amazon. What? What's the, what's the company? Give me a shout out again. ABE Books. ABE Books. Yeah, right, they're awesome. They, great custom. You know, it just functions. You can find these books. You can. You, in fact, I'm more likely to have a personal interaction with the seller on ABE Books than I would mm. on Amazon. I, it might be Abe Books. I don't know. Oh, okay. But that's how you spell cool. ABE Books. Okay, we're gonna uh, switch sides here again, <gasps> and I'm gonna have Davis take the pro. Okay. And I think that, you know, we're like uh, heading in a direction here from Amazon to the next company. Four minutes on the clock. Postmates. Postmates, well, Postmates Dave. is fantastic. Go for it. Postmates is, I mean, what company has brought you more instant joy than Postmates in the last few years? You want a sandwich? You got a sandwich. You want dinner? You got dinner. Um, that we're also one thing I think that we need to keep in mind with Postmates is that we're really in the early days of Postmates and we don't know yet what's going to happen. Healy's obviously going to bring up that like the people who work for Postmates are, do not even have full benefits and they're part-time workers. And I'll absolutely agree with them on this, but I actually think that there's an excellent chance that all of these companies, Postmates, Uber, uh, or the sort of timeshare companies, 
companies, if you will, that we are in such embryonic stages of these companies that I'm hopeful that we will soon move towards um, a sort of redefinition of what it is to work for a company um, in such a way that people who do only spend part-time working for these companies are able to reap benefits from these incredibly profitable companies uh, so that they are not um, basically like working below living wage, even when they're cobbling three jobs together. So I am no fan of innovation in the name of sacrificing benefits for the laborer. Um, and so I would ask the listener, in, or Medina in this case, to put a pin in that, if you will, and or maybe be open to the possibility that what will happen in the long term is that we'll see an improve uh, an enormous improvement for the people who work for these companies. But this is like a huge boon to local businesses. Let's not forget that, especially at a time right now where like if Postmates didn't exist, like most of these restaurants would have folded twice as quickly, or would have folded uh, the ones that are like barely holding on would have folded entirely healy what do you got sitting on your fat ass eating highly processed food having no relationship with your food your food delivered to you by someone you don't even know adding a, a layer of stranger removal to your food the, the destruction of this problem basically is the biggest problem in america it's destroying local communities. It's making us unhealthy. It's adding to the epidemic disease, opiate. It's a, a, to me, it's one big epidemic of losing connection with your food, not moving, being capable of just not leaving your house and somehow food, processed, disgusting food for the most part uh, is brought to you. You don't have to do anything. Look, we all live less than, I mean, maybe if you were in a remote place, this you're an exception to this, but I bet there's some place within a 10-minute journey for you where you could get some healthy food, interact with the owner of the restaurant, have some kind of communication with your community, and, uh, you know, get food the same way. The only thing you've taken out from Postmates is that you just eliminated the last shred of humanity in that relationship. And cool, I guess that's great. If you're sitting there watching TV, playing video games, indulging yourself, you don't want to even participate in the community at all. Yeah, you're even working. I mean, that's it's a part a part of this sickness definitely comes from the way yeah, work try, has invaded like and absorbed and destroyed. One of the most integral part of life making and creating That's fine. and That's food. a decent argument, Healy, but part you actually have part of this backwards, which is that like you're trying to say that like you're eating your highly processed garbage food and everything, when in fact Postmates, uh, people tend to use Postmates. What are the uh, last ten to... things you got from Postmates, Dave? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, do, are we talking about like Postmates and Postmates like companies? Yeah, you live in one in one of the greatest food regions in the planet Earth. What are you getting from Postmates? I mean, the last thing we got was Speranza, which is like a local restaurant. I mean, okay. here's what I don't use so it you for. You took out like, the humanity of going to Speranza, you know, visiting with them, seeing how it's going, checking out how things are on that block. Whew. Yeah, there's a pandemic, Healy. You can't eat there. You can drive to Speranza and pick up your own food, damn food. We, we've done that, too. But you don't get to talk to people when you do that because there's <laughs> fucking COVID-19. Mm. I liked when you were touching on the opiate crisis, Heels. I felt that really 
you know, you're ta- you're talking about a dangerous future for America that is that Postmates is a part of. I just I don't know if we quite fleshed out the image of it, you know. Valid, but valid criticism. It's kind of a wash, I think. <sighs> I love Postmates, debate. but I do think I was speaking from the heart there. I mean, there's I something love that. dehumanizing about it for sure. Yeah, I don't think we w- I we want to stay in having everything delivered by Postmates or DoorDash or whatever. No, we don't. I definitely like to go and do see we, the people Dave? and pick it up. No, we don't, Ely. Wow, okay, we're getting into it this week. I love it, though. I love it. Um, <clears throat> okay, what's next? Okay, here we go. I hope we're I'm gonna do. I'm going to do a, um, a double barrel here. Okay. Oh, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, it's been a What bit. is a double barrel debate? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've got, I guess Heels is going to take the pro. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little. It'll keep our heads a little straighter if the same person is pro mm-hmm. for both Might tops. Yeah. <laughs> and here are the two double barrel companies: Twitter and Instagram. Oh boy! Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Twitter it has basically replaced newspapers. Every single journalist is on it. It has tons of jokes, uh, information re- dispatches. Uh, it requires a bit of intelligence to use it, and people can certainly use it destructively. But for the most part, it's a highly efficient news and entertainment stream. Instagram brings people together. It lets you see your friends on vacation. It's actually the one social media where I think you'll. The only negative emotion you're likely to feel on Instagram is jealousy. And even that is like just because you're seeing wonderful things happening in people's lives. And if you start feeling a lot of jealousy on Instagram, you should look at yourself and how you are relating to other people rather than blame Instagram for uh, bringing you happy scenes from other people's lives. I mean, both of these companies make people profoundly unhappy. The idea that Twitter, that it requires some level of intelligence to use Twitter is one of the most absurd statements I've ever heard in the history of the great debates. Look at the people who are on Twitter, Healy, not the people you're following, but the people who are replying, the people who are like the vast majority of people. I mean, the whole thing about Twitter is I don't have to. Why would I? I'm not Intelligent discourse is not what people think about when they think about Twitter. Twitter amplifies. Twitter's done a terrible job of cracking down on um, the amplification of dangerous voices of right wing, of anti-Semitic, of uh, of um, conspiratorial voices. You sound like an old Instagram. Oklahoma preacher ranting against the radio and the railroad. Okay, like these oh, the things fact that, the happened. Fact, you know, Healy. The fact that an East Coast, uh, well-educated, far left person feels that with conviction should probably tell you something about just how true it is, and just how dangerous it is, and just how culpable the people at Twitter are for not cracking down on basically neo-Nazis before they have Instagram. Let's get this out of the way. Is a subsidiary of, uh, sorry, I said that weird, of Facebook, which is probably the most dangerous company on earth right now, more responsible for helping the alt right movement than any other company. How are they um, any more responsible than the the village signpost used to be back in the day? It's just, it's a medium. Mediums changed. Uh, you know, they're doing their best to moderate it, but it's a, you know, people's sharing of what they think and feel can be dangerous it can be romantic it can be exciting it can be pornographic you know it's going to be chaotic you, you, we might as well blame gutenberg for like you know uh, a bad book 
I, I know that you don't really believe that, Helio. I mean, if the village signpost contained, if someone was spray painting neo-Nazi slogans on the village signpost and nobody, and the person who is in charge of the village signpost didn't do anything about it, we're then in God charge. Damn, yes, That's they're the culpable thing. for it. We're in charge. We should get our neighbors together and be like, get that we're- stuff off your signpost. We don't want but it here. You don't really think that that's how tech companies are supposed to work, do you, by community policing? I think it's quite that's shocking. That's what's they... happened. You know, like, if, look, I, I don't think they're designed to work one way or another. We have to study how they are working. And the fact is, like, if you're seeing neo-Nazi shit on your Twitter, cut those people out. If you're seeing it's a neo-Nazi shit on your Instagram, cut that shit out. Or another. They are designed to benefit the most, to profit the most from ideas that spread the quickest and are the, in some ways the most dangerous. And those are often alt-right memes. Those are often neo-Nazi memes or white supremacist memes. And those went unchecked for years. And they not only that, but allowed Russian disinformation to affect the 20s. What wow, is more crucial evolved, than... You know, people, you say that these things are like designed or they allowed something. The truth is they just evolved that way. These are huge forces out of anybody's control. It's like... Again, I hate to go back true. to the same analogy, but the well snow or the control. wind. Really, it's not within their control. Decision. How is Facebook going to control everything They made a conscious decision not to police the truth. They made a very clear decision. He testified this in front of Congress. Look, here's what we're going to do. The timer just went off, but we're going to extend the debate, and we're going to throw in Facebook. Okay, Whoa. look, I love that because it's really going to be clarifying. Okay. A lot of people hate Facebook because they hate a lot of the stuff they see on Facebook. That's like hating people because you hate a lot of the stuff people say and do. Facebook is they just an extension of, of people. And no there. one is in c- control of, the- of this. I admit, that's probably the biggest problem. Zuckerberg should be clearer about, like, I cannot control Facebook. I happen to be the guy who... Uh, put together the software out of a bunch of different competitors. And this one, for whatever reason, became the dominant one, maybe because I'm clever, maybe not. But uh, it's beyond my control. This is humanity lives here. Humanity is going to do everything humanity does here. If you don't, what you don't like about it is stuff you don't like about humanity. And that stinks. But what you love about it, pictures of your nephew, uh, uh, cool places to go. That is also part of humanity. And we have to work together. These things are evolving a lot faster than any of our brains can handle. And we have to work on it. Yes, I'm the inventor of the technology that allows anyone who wants to uh, to uh, basically take a shit telepathically or telekinetically in any room anywhere in the world. I, you could press a button and a human shit will appear in the corner Your of any room you want. not getting to me. I don't want shit. I block out shit. I, I have my people that I approve. None of them are shitters. No big deal. The idea that that person shouldn't be culpable for the policing of how that technology is used is ridiculous. To, for the idea that he that what he should have done is stand up and say like I can't. I'm, by the way, I'm not. I wasn't speaking like. Uh, yeah, he like should say it, this is a public utility. It's we should work on it together because it's beyond my control, obviously. And I think he was basically saying that to Congress, and they unfortunately they're not strong enough to hear what he's saying and help him with that. I think there were moments there in that hearing where you could hear some of the sharper AOC types being like, "Yeah, give it to us. We'll take care of it." And I think that'd be great. So your argument for why Facebook is good is that it should be a government, a it publicly will eventually owned evolve state into utility. A public utility, which I think is very cool. It's in an interesting stage of transition okay, right well, now. I'll let the listener, I'll let the listener and you need to decide if they think that that's actually going to happen, that like one of the most profitable companies in America is going to somehow be seized by the state. Just because something isn't un- likely doesn't mean it wouldn't be beautiful. 
Okay, if that's your argument, if that's the crux of your argument that just because something isn't likely doesn't mean it's not beautiful, then fine. I'm because I'm basically willing to end there. I mean, the other thing about Facebook is that it's just gotten lame. Like I forget totally good and evil. Totally agree. It's stupid. It's it lame, sucks. but but grandmas and aunts and parents like it, so it's fine. I, I like that it's lame. I think there should be a lame internet uh, for lame people. They should enjoy. So that. you're taking the pro on lame. Of course. So you're yeah, I think Sesame Street is lame, Facebook. but it's great and it's awesome for kids. There's nothing lame about Sesame Street. How dare you? Honestly, how <laughs> dare you call Target Sesame Street is lame? lame but I love Target. You know, it's some of these things are not going to be cutting edge the pavement. Okay, Dave, like. Oh, the band? Yeah, your favorite band. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, like, Pavement is about as cool as Sesame Street is. I would never call Sesame Street lame. I think that's, I like, ridiculous. I find Pavement hugely lame, a... but I like what Pavement yeah. is up to, and that's cool. You know, I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm glad... People, what is it I'm that glad, you find lame you know, about Pavement? A billion you know, let's people throw Pavement on in the, the mix. Let's throw a big <laughs> tech week. Let's throw Pavement in the mix. Okay, what do you cool. got against Pavement? Let's hear it. Cut your Pavement, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't make anybody want to dance or make out or uh, run or do anything fun that music is supposed to do. Pavement is boring and lame. But I want to get back to Facebook for a second and say that, look, this is basically a collection of people's photos and political <laughs> opinions and memories and ideas and crazy stuff they're thinking about. Is 20% of that going to be kooky? Yeah, of course. Of course it is. But it's still it's just not like, just it's kooky, an expression Ely. of humanity. There's a difference between kooky and like uh, destructive to the very fabric of our democracy. It's, you, uh, I admittedly, mean, you have to the, acknowledge the, the changes brought about by technology have been very hard for us to deal with and process. And absolutely, some people are taking them way too far and it's scrambling people's brains. That's a problem. <sighs> wow. I need a nap. That was epic. I was grueling. What did we? What were we even? What were the topics? I don't even. Well, remember. we started with Where Twitter and Instagram, and then we threw Facebook on the fire, and then pavement <laughs> got it really and flared up. And at one point, pavement. was that a four by <laughs> How did pavement get in there, <laughs> Dave? You didn't really get a rebuttal on on pavement, but I, you know. No, but uh, you know what's crazy is that of all Healy's arguments, I found his pavement argument the most compelling. <laughs> they don't get you to dance or. Ma- I was like, wait no, a second, like, that's wait actually a true yeah. about them. Like, what is music supposed to make you do? I mean, some people do <laughs> dance in their own sort of like hippie-ish way to pavement, but yeah. Sometimes I do don't put on you. pavement just to enjoy my own like pondering of your enjoyment of it. If that makes sense. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, trying to the pleasure pavement actually gives me pleasure as music in trying to psychologically profile a person who thinks this is good i love wow that. that's something i mean well that's art appreciation damn it's bad right facebook's bad but there's nothing we can do about it it's out of his control I mean, I really don't think that's true. I think he can. He I, I, guess like, I, I genuinely do think some of like, there's just some overblownness about Facebook being bad because Facebook replaced, I mean, this is an argument Dave left on the table. Facebook and Google between them replaced every newspaper and publication and everything mm-hmm. in the world. And mm-hmm. so if you imagine the anger that people used to have about, you know, right-wing publications and whatever, or whatever you hate in published media that used to exist. And now it gets a lot closer to you faster, but I don't really use Facebook. So it doesn't bother me that much. I don't see anything. I don't yeah, like every you, day. Well, I mean, you see president Donald Trump 
I don't see them I mean, on like Facebook. The, I don't even look at it. No, but you. I think what you're you keep like referring to like sort of like direct causes of Facebook, which is which instead of like what it actually did to our society. I, like, d- yeah, I don't okay, blame you, Facebook it, for what happened to our society when like information went to something anybody could give you in half a second. Like it's just that was a huge change that's beyond any one of these individual villains. But don't you understand that other companies did a better job of like, yeah, of course, some people are going to do better and worse at handling going from zero to 1 billion customers in 20 years. It's going to be, no, but that's going to be some rocky times. But Healy, they were already enormous in in the 2016 election. Uh, Now I'm like kind of genuinely puzzled. Do you really think that like Zuckerberg's hands are clean? No, I think Zuckerberg is, I think he's definitely one of the worst of these guys and he only really, he's kind of like, it seems to me like he's slightly soulless and amused or intrigued by power in a way that suggests somebody who is pretty detached from human relationships. But yeah, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. What are you going to do? Don't look at it. Yeah, but it's one thing to say, don't look at it. It's like, it's just because you're not looking at it, this is what I'm trying to get across, which whatever is now probably boring, but like, just be, just because you're not looking at it doesn't mean that you're removed from the effects of it. Yeah, uh, but I don't, not, I, like, you, it's who is to blame for what we're calling the effects of it. Like, you know, the internet Mark was, Zuckerberg, Facebook. <laughs> He's not, though. It's very He's not. clear to me. I don't understand how you can feel that way. He like, could have done a better job, whatever. yeah, but something yes, changed in go. the way yes, information. Yes. Of course, yeah, of course he could have. And and who? By the way, who was better equipped to make those changes than he was? Well, but Dave, what is a better that, job? What does a better job actually look like in real life? Well, I actually think that like even Twitter did a better job than Facebook, and I think Twitter did like a much easier job banning a few accounts, much smaller, uh, easier. Prob- job. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, I I guess like what does it look like? It looks like labeling things as false that are false. But it then looks you get like in trouble for how, how are you deciding what you know what's false? False does get to be something that's difficult to quantify no, sometimes. I, and i understand that you believe in alternative facts and so i'll give you that like yeah i mean what do you want me to say like yes i'd rather they um i'd rather that they get in trouble for what for trying to decide what's true and what's false than for just throwing up their hands and saying no political ads can lie that's fine if i posted something that was I mean, like these jewish horrible. bankers control this much wealth and that's true is, should facebook mark that as false or get rid of that because to me that is hate speech no, and dangerous not. but something that people might say um i mean if you use certain language in it then i'd want them to ban it if they okay if so you now use, we're like, banning certain language in it. as well as yes. falseness and you want the, this yes. job to go to a, a younger than me autistic computer programmer well i think it like falls to the guy who created it yes and if he's not equipped to then like he should be removed love that i love getting rid of him <laughs> Okay, I'm going to get us off of this, <laughs> and we're going to we're going to wrap up with one last one. That's oh, maybe. Oh God, there's more. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's. it's <laughs> you guys are probably really tired, but no, I, I, we got to do it. Um, and this is just a single debate, not a double barrel. Healy taking the pro. Four minutes on the clock. Tesla. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm taking the pro. You got to let Tesla's. They're making awesome cars. The stock price has gone in bananas, but that's not really. I mean, I guess it's the fault of Elon Musk, but it's similar to. I think a theme we're talking about with a lot of these guys is they're riding a rocket. And the rocket is very powerful. It's more powerful than they can really control. But are, who among them is doing the coolest, most. Uh, pizzazz like fun uh, joyful celebratory productive interesting inspiring job of riding the rocket i'd say elon musk is number one he's making these big weird cars that people love for the most part people love their teslas we're debating tesla they're making a pretty cool awesome electric car that might surpass the gas car the people who are driving the stock price crazy are betting on this integrated software thing to really, really dramatically improve transportation. And I hope they're right because transportation could stand to be much improved. And if we're going to survive on planet earth, we're going to have to get away from these fuel burning machines. He's working on the biggest problem we got. What's not to like. Okay. He didn't invent the electric car. There's plenty of other electric car companies. Um, he also like a lot of none his of them ideas has, have just been to pop in for one second. Terrible. None of the yeah. other electric car companies has been sexy or cool or inspired anyone in the way Tesla has. Okay, so I actually think you know what I'm gonna let's just sort of go with this angle and try to make this a little less serious and a little more fun because things have been heated. So like part of my problem with Tesla is forget the whole like is it is it good or evil is that like Elon Musk has a terrible sense of humor and every time he tries to like do something that is cool it's actually not cool at all and all of the little like add-ons that he adds to your car like you can do a fart noise or whatever and you're kind of like this is so dumb. He loves like four. And 69 and like made those jokes. Uh, about look at our website, like, pal. Like, he, <laughs> pot and Mr. Pot. It. Well, we, I mean, the idea was we were doing that ironically at the time. It didn't I pan mean, out that way. Is, but like, is he not allowed to do stuff he's ironically? Not. He thinks it's genuinely funny. And like, the, the dame of his son is like, let's just get to this point for one second. You think Peter Thiel's best friend, bizarre South African genius, Elon Musk, anytime he makes a humor or reference or meme or whatever, he's always doing it with like the idiot, most idiotic level one take. He's never being ironic or devious or interesting or provocative on purpose, just like we are. Yeah, he's not funny. But he's not funny. Have you ever heard him try to be funny? It's painful. Okay, I can see he's not funny. I can see that Elon Musk is not funny. I'm not hiring him on my show, but he's an amazing creator of a company, Tesla. Can we we step outside of the debate for a second? I'm noticing that you're saying Elon Musk. Okay. And I'm saying Elon Musk. I'll go to Elon. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just curious if you've heard it pronounced Elon. Am I pronouncing it wrong? No, you're probably right. Oh. All right. Um, okay. So yeah, like all of those little uh, add-ons that he adds to the pat. Like every time I read about an update to the Tesla, it's like, okay, now they have um, parking assist, and also you can uh, you can call your friend dork by pushing this button, and it'll make him sound. You like, know what? It'll make it's your working. Face like the People Joker. like it. It's it is like, the hottest consumer product in the world right now. Is the Tesla. I don't like it. It's not to my taste to add a corny joke to the car, but whatever. They're having some fun with it. Maybe Ford should learn a lesson. 
What do you make of the fact that, like, every time he's tried to, like, help society in a way other than the electric car, he's failed spectacularly? Like, when he was like, Okay, I'm help sorry. He tried to help some cave. trapped boys in Thailand, and it wasn't get, his he, machine he promised, that worked. But did it call attention to the case? Did the, did the kids get rescued? Yes. He's trying to solve problems. He's having a little steam, having him. a little what fun. What are you talking about? He called attention to it. It was the biggest story in the world. What are you talking about? <laughs> he didn't help them get <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, okay, okay. I'd, li- I'd actually, if anybody's interested in a little puzzle, I'd like them to fact check whether, a- whether Elon, when he started talking about it, did spike in Google searches or whatever the Thai boys, because I bet the story got more well-known after that happened. Didn't he call one of them a pedophile afterwards? Yeah, it was terrible. And he guy a pedophile. Yes, he, he got he got and a he little. Got we can all sued. lose it sometimes. He got in and trouble. Also, <laughs> <laughs> very weird time to lose it. He was worked yeah, up. They over, were making fun. Hey, he had, he, had, he had nothing to do with it. They were making and he fun was like, of I'll submarine. They were like, well, you're not, you can't actually save us. And then he was like, you're a pedophile. No, no, no. He called <laughs> one of the bad. rescuers a pedophile. I, that's sure, yes. Who is a British okay, guy living right. in Thailand. Uh-huh. And was he a pedophile? I believe that Elon failed to prove that in court or something okay. like that. <laughs> or maybe just decided okay. to let this episode go. I don't know. How would you feel if I prove if I failed to prove in court that you were a pedophile? If you like, call me a pedophile, a pedophile, you should apologize. Was, yes. Is Healy a pedophile? Well, Dave <laughs> failed to prove in court that he is a pedophile. I agree that Elon should apologize for calling the guy a pedophile. He owes a big apology. And as far as I know, the guy is not a pedophile. Fair enough. <laughs> it was not a cool. It was not a cool move. I, I want to be clear. About that. <laughs> I th- I think that was a hell of an episode, guys. <laughs> it was a lot. I'm drenched in sweat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really exhausted. I just imagine like reading the Elon Musk biography and getting a chapter titled "Not a Cool Move." Oh, okay. Let's see what this is about. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be a good uh, section of somebody's Wikipedia page. Not cool moves. Not cool moves. Well, he'd have plenty of those. What if you could get a report on your own life that was just a list of your not coolest moves, either as determined by the people who know you or just sort of an impartial analyst? That'd be fascinating. You know, that's kind of like what the people who were on, like, the first seasons of the real world felt like their life was like. Yeah. Maybe we should offer this service. Hmm. Huh. That was what was Review our other... the tapes and decide like cool or not cool. Wait, we came up with another tech business, oh, rarebooks.com. It's either rarebooks.com or you're not cool moves is going to be our billion dollars. A tech thing. business. <laughs> <laughs> Two ideas on the cutting edge of technology. Weigh in on our Twitter, wherever. If you, if you think we should go with rarebooks.com or not cool move analysis uh, management consulting. <laughs> Okay, guys, on that note, we'll see you next week on The Great Bits. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caracello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Padilla.